A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Coming to you almost live from our studios in New York, this is Tom Reads Your Story. Stay tuned for readings from social media and other spoken word projects. Join me right now. I'm your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. Glad you're here. We'll have your words from social media and much, much more right after this word from audible.com. In early September comes a story of horror and haunting regret. A group of homeless men fishing for a little fun and folly latch on to something that might be a mermaid. Remember, Regret lives on and lingers long after the last teardrop has fallen. Harry's Mermaid is written by the poetic master of modern-day horror, Steve Vernon, and narrated by Tom Zania. Rust Belt, USA, where steel is dead, hope is scarce, and hardship is a way of life. Miles Junction is but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Taking place during the last few decades of the 20th century, in just the right light, written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain to rummage through the fallout of its past. There's a doorway on Mars that has mankind's greatest minds perplexed, Deep beneath Mars, an ancient secret is revealed, and a team of explorers led by Forrest Judge, Deputy Commander. The doorway closes, and the team is trapped. Six mission specialists, each with unique skills, each with different reasons for wanting to break free of the primordial trap. In Dinosaur Red, written by Edward J. McFadden III and narrated by Tom Zania, Judge is forced to choose between escape and changing the course of humanity. What will he do? All three of these great books are narrated by Tom Zania and are available now at audible.com. And we are back. Like I said in the beginning, thanks for coming around again, if you were around before, to Tom Reads Your Story. If this is your first time, hey, welcome. We love to have you here. So today, we've got three very good posts that were in Facebook. Um, I've got, let's see, the first one, the first one's very good, since it was Father's Day. Um, this one's by Jim. This is thoughts on Father's Day. Uh, most guys 
who are fathers open up a little on Facebook, just like most uh, mothers do on Mother's Day. And uh, he he opens up a little bit about um, his family relationships, and it's a very, very good posting in regards to that subject. After that, uh, we've got a really nice one by Brooks. It's called Teaching the Racist Truth in America. There's been a lot of talk lately about what are we going to let our children hear in the classroom now that this whole Tulsa massacre uh, has been opened up and uh, uh, told about to an entire generation who knew nothing about it, kids and adults. And uh, Brooks talks about um, what what has to happen. He's a teacher, uh, a history teacher, I think, uh, in his past, and currently he's a teacher. I'm not sure if he's teaching history this time, but I think he is. And uh, he talks a little bit on that subject, which I think is very good. The, uh, the one after that is the Emancipation Proclamation. That uh, is a posting that I did on Juneteenth. The, the date, June 19th, is the date of the uh, Emancipation Proclamation that Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln, uh, wrote. And I recorded that with the idea in mind uh, of just putting it on the podcast. And I thought, you know what? It's Juneteenth. Run it on Facebook. And so I did. I didn't get any responses to it. I'm not sure why. Um, I do know that a lot of people were very critical and maybe very critical of Juneteenth in the future. And that might have something to do. Maybe they just didn't want to take the time to listen to it. I don't know. I have no idea. But I didn't get any responses. And, you know, hopefully uh, you, Tom, read your story. Audience members will listen to it and and respond if you wish. Because you can always uh, email the podcast at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. So, let's start things off with thoughts on Father's Day. Thoughts on Father's Day by Jim. I was 15 when my dad passed from lung cancer. And I confess that my overriding emotion was a sense of relief, not only for him, that his suffering was ended, but for me and the family as well. He'd lived a very frustrated life as an adult, having seven kids and a wife to support, and little wherewithal with which to do so. My memories as a kid were of a hard-working, constantly exhausted man whose joy of living had eroded over the years, leaving an embittered person with little time to do much but sleep and rage. As time wore on, we kids cowered 
in his waking hours, afraid to do or say much that might set him off. I bring this up on Father's Day because I know that there are many of us for whom this day carries mixed emotions, including myself, who for too many years was on the road with shows instead of building bridges with my own daughter. Fortunately, her mother worked tirelessly in the background to help me reestablish a dialogue and eventually a loving relationship with our brilliant daughter, even after she and I were no longer married. So, for me, a celebration of Father's Day is also a celebration of a mother who simply would not accept that her daughter and her daughter's father would remain estranged. Blessings come from everywhere, my friends, even and maybe especially when undeserving recipients such as I have about given up hope. Today, I celebrate my brilliant, kind, loving daughter and her equally incredible mom. With love to all, Happy Father's Day. Teaching the Racist Truth in America by Brooks I'm really, really trying hard to fight off my cynicism. But it's tough to be excited about GOP congresspeople voting for the Juneteenth holiday, knowing what the rest of their party is doing around the country in their attempts to keep us history teachers from teaching everything that happened after Juneteenth. And this has been the problem for generations. Everyone knows about slavery. And while many didn't know about Juneteenth, the consistent problem has been the ignorance of everything that happened after slavery ended. Few know about the kid glove reconstruction of the South that Lincoln wanted, and even less punitive reconstruction imposed by Andrew Johnson. Few know that the Reconstruction and occupation of the South imposed by the radical Republicans was far more appropriate and similar to the types of occupations imposed by a victor on a defeated force. Yes, it behooved the North to not be too punitive since the goal had to be incorporating the South back into the Union. But there was also a need to have real consequences for the traitorous racists who decided to start the bloodiest war in our history. Like our occupation of Japan, there needed to be a complete restructuring of Southern society and a reconstruction of their politics based on a real investment in industry as opposed to agriculture. A new economy based on industrial growth and new political systems based on real political opportunity with a purging of the Confederate power structure. And the radical Republican, I hate that term, plan was off to a good start. That's why we got things like the 14th Amendment and the first African-American congressman. Not to mention thousands of African-Americans being elected in local and state elections 
but none of the other important structural, societal, political changes mentioned above could be implemented before the presidential election of 1876 and the Compromise of 1877. The election, which essentially ended in a tie, saw Republican Rutherford B. Hayes making a deal with Southern Democrats, allow Hayes to have the White House and he'll end Reconstruction in the South. The result of that horrific compromise was the end of Reconstruction, the reimposition of the Confederate power structure in the Southern states and the imposition of Jim Crow laws and lynching of blacks in the South that would last almost 100 years. With the Supreme Court of the United States ruling in Plessy versus Ferguson, establishing the doctrine of separate but equal, the court gave the entire nation permission to racially segregate. And with the great migration of blacks to the North, trying to escape Jim Crow and lynchings, you had whites in the North freaking out, creating segregation laws as bad as any Jim Crow laws in the South. Emmett Till lived in Chicago and went to a segregated school. Blacks were denied housing, jobs, good schools, etc. This went on for 100 years until the civil rights movement of the 1960s finally got LBJ to sign the Civil Rights and Voting Rights Acts. But one of the worst components of Jim Crow that spread throughout the nation was keeping blacks in their place by criminalizing everything they did. You're unemployed, go to jail. You're loitering, go to jail. You spoke or looked at a white person wrong, go to jail. The 13th Amendment allowed for slavery for prisoners. It wasn't long before Southern states saw locking blacks up for breaking whatever stupid laws they could create was a great way of perpetuating slavery. Is it any wonder why so many African Americans today are fearful of cops and have no reason to trust our legal system? I could go on for another 10 paragraphs, but I'll spare you. But if there's one thing I want you to take away, and that we all must understand, is that the end of slavery was only the ending of one type of oppression toward blacks in this country. Go ahead and celebrate Juneteenth, but do so with an awareness of how much more legalized and systematic oppression of blacks was created and imposed following the end of slavery. And please, 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 understand how much of this oppression is still impacting not just black folks, but all of us in this nation today. Transcription by the President of the United States of America A Proclamation Whereas on the 22nd day of September, in the year of our Lord 1862, a proclamation was issued by the President of the United States, containing, among other things, the following, to wit, that on the first day of January, in the year of our Lord 1863, all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, 
shall be then thenceforward and forever free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authority thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons, and will do no act or acts to repress such persons or any of them in any efforts they may make for their actual freedom. That the executive will, on the first day of January aforesaid, by proclamation, designate the states and parts of states, if any, in which the people thereof respectively shall then be in rebellion against the United States, and the fact that any state or the people thereof shall on that day be in good faith represented in the Congress of the United States by members chosen thereto at elections wherein a majority of the qualified voters of such state shall have participated, shall, in the absence of strong countervailing testimony, be deemed conclusive evidence that such state and the people thereof are not then in rebellion against the United States. Now therefore I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, by virtue of the power in me vested as Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of the United States, in time of actual armed rebellion against the authority and government of the United States, and as a fit and necessary war measure for suppressing said rebellion, do on this first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1863, and in accordance with my purpose, so to do publicly proclaimed for the full period of 100 days, from the day first above mentioned, order and designate as the states and parts of states, wherein the people thereof respectively are this day in rebellion against the United States, the following to wit. Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, except the parishes of St. Bernard, Plaquemines, Jefferson, St. John, St. Charles, St. James Ascension, Assumption, Terrebonne, Lafourche, St. Mary, St. Martin, and Orleans, including the city of New Orleans, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia, except the 48 counties designated as West Virginia, and also the counties of Berkeley, Accomack, Northampton, Elizabeth City, York, Princess Anne, and Norfolk, including the cities of Norfolk and Portsmouth, and which accepted parts are for the present, left precisely as if this proclamation were not issued. And by virtue of the power, and for the purpose aforesaid, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are and henceforward shall be free, and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authorities thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. And I hereby enjoin upon the people so declared to be free, to abstain from all violence unless in necessary self-defense, and I recommend to them that, in all cases when allowed, they labor faithfully for reasonable wages. And I further declare and make known that such persons of suitable condition will be received into the armed service of the United States to garrison forts, positions, 
stations, and other places, and to man vessels of all sorts in said service. And upon this act, sincerely believed to be an act of justice, warranted by the Constitution upon military necessity, I invoke the considerate judgment of mankind and the gracious favor of Almighty God. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington this first day of January in the year of our Lord 1863 and of the independence of the United States of America and 87th by the President, Abraham Lincoln, William H. Seward, Secretary of State. I hope you liked my reading of the Emancipation Proclamation. I'm sure there are many, many actors and whatnot, probably mostly whatnot, who have read and recorded in one way or another uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. I don't know of any, and I haven't heard any, at least not recently. Uh, so eh, maybe... Uh, Maybe the, the ones on the readers of Facebook just didn't want to hear mine because they'd heard it so much before that they didn't think it was anything new. So <laughs> it's not anything new. Uh, it was written a long time ago. And uh, anyway, I hope you liked it. And I hope you liked the other offerings that we had today. Because that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom reads your story. If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends because we're always looking for new ones. Be sure to email me at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks Anchor.fm for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.